Welcome to the Intentional Leaders Podcast. We're on episode 104, Leadership Lessons and Interview with Wendy Sulser. Welcome to Intentional Leaders. This podcast is not just for leaders, rather for anyone who wants to make an impact on the world, professionally or personally. My passion and purpose is to provide tips, tools, and resources that I've learned throughout my career, working with large and small organizations, profit and non, and also as an entrepreneur. I've had the joy to teach thousands of individuals who, like you, are trying to navigate this crazy and complex world. So here's to doing that successfully and intentionally. Today, I want to welcome Wendy Salser to the Intentional Leaders Podcast. Thank you for having me. I appreciate you taking the time to be here. I want to give a little introduction to Wendy's background, and then we're going to dive into some questions and some leadership lessons that she's going to share with all of you. What you're going to hear on this podcast is a little bit about some really major life and professional transitions that Wendy has just gone through. When I met her, she was a director of home care at Bright Star Care of Madison, where she was there for seven years and almost eight years. And um, I met her when she was the director. Wendy has recently moved her family from Wisconsin down to Florida, now working for Primerica, where she's fully licensed in securities in Wisconsin and Florida. She's also so a mortgage loan originator in Florida. She has her life insurance a certificate in Wisconsin is sitting for the exam in Florida coming soon. Yes. Busy yeah. woman. <laughs> Busy woman, Wendy. Indeed. Indeed. All right. Well, so again, thank you for taking time amongst all the things that you have going on, which you'll share with the audience soon. What I want to start off with in this interview is you have just taken a very big leap in your career from working for Bright Star Home Care to Primerica and also from moving your family across the country from Wisconsin to Florida. So what prompted that change, Wendy? And what are the greatest lessons that you've learned so far? Sure. Well, I think, you know, I've heard a lot of people mention on different podcasts or leadership articles that pandemic made everybody really consider who they are, what they're doing with their life, all of that. So just prior to March 2020, my husband had uh, acquired some new clients for his business in the Naples, Florida area um, and had been down there and really started to think, gosh, wouldn't it be great to get a, maybe a second home down here someday? Sure. Or then eventually that sort of evolved into moving our family to Florida. So it took a while. Um, yeah, and then in January of 2021, we took a trip together and brought our oldest daughter, who was three at the time, down here so that I could, you know, see it and experience it. And, you know, the wheels started turning for me then too. I knew it would be really hard to leave Bright Star, and I, I knew that I wanted to spend more time with my children, but yeah. didn't think that I wanted to be a full-time stay-at-home mom either. So went on about a year-long exploration of trying to figure out what the next steps would be for yeah. me and, and what I would do next in a whole new part of the country. Yeah. Um, and if I wanted to stay in healthcare, senior care, or do something completely different. I would say the lesson so far has been patience mm. <laughs> because um, even just, you know, patience in the job search, patience with the career transition, you know, getting all the licensing, you know, all the training uh, didn't happen as quickly as a working, you know, full-time working mom as yeah. I would have liked to do it. Then when we got here, we had a, a little small category four hurricane <laughs> that pretty much direct hit. <laughs> The area that we moved to um, within about six weeks of moving, wow. um, even through that, just a lot of patience. 
would be, I'd say the biggest lesson and second lesson would be persistence. Sure. You know, that through all of those hurdles and obstacles that came our way, you know, just, just to keep going forward one, one step at a time and not give up. We built a, we built a home here, which, you know, we love, but anybody who's built a home (laughs) knows there's challenges and a lot of patients required with that as well. Yeah, absolutely. That's a lot. And when you think back to it too, Wendy, I think there's part of it is the career change. There's the location change. There's the moving your whole family and then the house and then the hurricane. I mean, there was a lot of changes and shifts in a a relatively short period of time. And I had a, I had a fourth child in there too. So (laughs) don't forget that fourth (laughs) child. Right. I know. Well, and that's why I just, the fact that you are fully upright, you have a a wonderful perspective on life and a wonderful sense of humor. And I think you're you're very grounded to me. I just find that fascinating with all that you've been through. So when you think of that shift and the transition from healthcare to financial services, what prompted that? Because you said you had did a lot of thinking about staying in that healthcare with working with seniors. Mm -hmm. What really shifted you? Um, you know, I I love seniors and I will always and forever have a huge heart for seniors, not just the seniors, but their families going through memory loss or hospice care. But just thinking about my children, the ages that they are, you know, I knew if I was going to go into any sort of executive director position of an assisted living, you know, would be something I considered. But just the reality of that field right now is staffing challenges mm. would mean that I would probably live at the community yeah, most days of the week and, you know, and see my children even less. You know, I'm, I guess I'm also someone that just always likes to have a new challenge as well. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, shifting into something completely new might have intimidated, you know, a lot of people. But for me, that was exciting and challenging. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've always liked school and studying. So yeah. taking multiple big exams wasn't no a hindrance. Yeah. So, I mean, that part was exciting to me to take on a new challenge. Um, But then just considering my children and having something where I could set my own schedule was really important to me. Yes, that makes sense. So why Primerica? Well, that's interesting to me. So many people were surprised when I said I was moving into financial services, and I wouldn't have seen that coming a few years ago either. But what I love about what Primerica does is they are not a financial services company for the elite, Mm. (laughs) which is what most of the financial services companies go after are, you know, the really high net worth clients and families. The mission of Primerica is to teach and educate. Um, You know, and their their core belief is that anybody can become financially independent with the right guidance and a little bit of discipline. Um, And so I love that. And that was a really good fit for, you know, it felt like a natural transition from what I had been doing with guiding families, you know, through healthcare decisions. There's a lot of similarities and overlap there. Yeah. Yeah, that on the surface, most people wouldn't see. Right. Yeah. What I've always admired about you, and we uh, did some coaching work together and worked with your team, is your commitment to learning and growth. I mean, the fact that you decided to shift fields and that required a lot of learning and development, it's like, yeah, no big deal. But I think the theme and the purpose for you has always been about education, whether it's you educating yourself or you being an educator. Like, I want to help people learn. I want them to grow. I want them to be better because Absolutely. they experience yeah. me. And I love that about you, Wendy. Yeah. It's Just the way I, I always viewed management as well. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Was, you know, for my direct reports, you know, to, to help them achieve 
what they were looking to do in their career and and to grow and become better month after month. Absolutely. And you did a lot of focus and work on that even. And I know I only saw part of the picture, but I saw a lot of your passion for that. And the time and energy and the investment that you made in your team was super impressive. So Mm -hmm. that that really resonates. When we were also working together, you mentioned you had your fourth child. And again, from the outside looking in, I thought, this woman is amazing. You ha- you know, you have this very demanding career. You're very focused on your staff. You're very focused on your team and helping clients. And then you also were very focused and purposeful about your family and raising your girls. And then recently when we reconnected, you said you're trying to right the imbalance that you were experiencing. And from my perspective, I didn't even know there was an imbalance. So I was like, man, <laughs> doing a great you know, job of hiding that. <laughs> I, I didn't know there was an imbalance either. Okay. Well, so tell me more about that because as you've had a chance now to kind of step back a little bit and look at your relationship with your family and your children. So what have you learned? Yeah. Well, I always said that work was my break from the kids and the yeah. kids were my break from work. And, yeah. and, you know, for several years that worked really well, but ultimately I was starting to see that that was not sustainable you know, okay. the, the edges were starting to unravel a little bit, I think. You know, having three under two, which we had for a bit, was certainly hard. But I found as they got older, I you know, I thought they would need me less. And I was finding they were needing me even a little bit more. Mm. And how did you, you know, discover that? I'm sorry to interrupt you. Yeah, no, no. It's just little things like I'd leave for work, same routine that we'd had, and there would be screaming and not mm. wanting me to leave. You know, it wasn't like there had been, you know, any big change in routine. It was just... They were just wanting more time with me. And, you know, now in hindsight, I realized that the focus was always on my career. You know, I was listening to leadership podcasts and reading leadership books way more than I was studying parenting techniques. Um, Oh, interesting. And, you know, there's a lot of crossover between good leadership and good parenting is leadership, but it's different. And so since staying home more with them now and and moving and just all the changes we've been through, I've had to sign up for some parenting classes online, Mm -hmm. you know, just to up my game there because, you know, there's just a lot of challenges. And I I thought being home with them more, there would be less fighting for my attention. But I would say there's a little bit more. Really? (laughs) Um, So I'm I'm trying to figure out how to deal with that now. I think it's partly the changes that we've been through and that will, you know, calm down. I mean, we, we added another child to the family and we moved to a whole new state and my oldest started school. So it's been a lot of change. But yeah, so I'm just I'm taking that same sort of mindset that I need to I need to learn more and I need to grow more to really support them and yeah. you know focus on on who I want them to become. Yeah. Well, and you mentioned that last time we talked because again, you know, I I knew work Wendy more than mother Wendy and what your perspective was, but we we talked a lot about your values, your values from a leadership perspective, your sense of who you wanted to be and how you wanted to show up. And as you said, there's a lot of parallels between parenting and leadership because you are leading your children. So what would be a couple values that you feel like you're really trying to instill very deliberately with your kids? Oh, gosh. I, you know, the biggest one for them is just resilience. Mm, yeah. um, you know, I'm, I'm trying to teach them 
to roll with the punches yeah. <laughs> a little bit more, which which is hard when they're, you know, I have twins that are three years old. So that's, yeah. I mean, the stage where there's just big, big emotions and they haven't developed that resilience yet. But sure. trying to help them be introspective and figure out, you know, why they're upset, trying to help them to be able to put words to it, stand up for themselves, yeah. deal with conflict amongst their siblings without running to me all the time, because, you know, those are skills that they're going to need later on. Um, That's what comes to mind first. There's, I mean, there's lots of things, but, um, you know, and then my oldest with starting school has been dealing with kind of comparison. There's Mm -hmm. some things she's the best at. There's some things that are a struggle for her. And so, you know, really trying to instill in her that that's okay. She doesn't have to be perfect at everything and trying to help her discover things she's passionate about. Yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. Well, you told me a story and now it's like loose around the edges that you were role playing with your girls. And what was that role play about? Do you remember that story? You, told uh, you know, me? there's, yes, there's been a number of things to role play with them. And it's one of the things I've learned in the parenting course is to take yeah. time for training, which was just mind blowing because obviously that's a part of leadership right? You know, and company, but to, to take time to train away from the moment. Yeah. Um, so to practice mealtime etiquette, we went out to a fancy restaurant with some relatives in town for Christmas. And so we did a little practice session ahead of time. You oh know, what, what kinds of things would be good behavior in the restaurant and then what would bad behavior look like? And what are the expectations? What are the consequences? So yeah, there's so much there that is similar to leadership within a company that I, I almost wish I could go back and do over some of the things because now I, I feel like I understand expectation setting on a whole new level. Yeah. In what way? How do you see it differently uh, to, now? To, to really be clear, like most parents struggle with bedtime issues, right? Yeah. So, and maybe parents have tried to, like I have bribe with some sort of reward in the morning. Like if you're a good sleeper, you can get a reward tomorrow yeah. morning. Yeah. Um, it, but it dawned on me that my kids didn't really understand what it meant to be a good sleeper. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What did that mean? Even going through just what kinds of things are kind and what's unkind. And so drilling them on that a little bit. So trying to make it fun, trying to stay playful, because like I said, twin three-year-olds, big emotions, of course, (laughs) lots of competition for attention, the role-playing piece and the training, taking time for training. So then you can say to them, now I know that you know what my expectations are. Yeah. And you can remind them. Remember we played the, we played the game about restaurant. Yeah. So that's now we're, we're doing that now for real. Wendy, that is so cool. All right. So how did they do at the restaurant? They were great. Were I they? Mean, oh, they really did were. Did just make you so proud and pleased and it, relieved? It, it, it did. It did. They, yeah. You know, you, you see other people in the restaurant kind of cringe a little bit to see, you know, that many small children come in and, oh gosh, what's this going to be like? And they were smiling at us and waving oh. at the girls. And yeah, it, it was really fun. Oh, um, congratulations on now, that. I will okay, say they, they only really ate their French fries and dessert. Right. Um, they really didn't touch the rest of it, but who cares? Yeah, we had no big outbursts and it was it was a win. Yeah, exactly. It's about the behaviors, not the eating pattern. Right? Yeah, we'll work on that later. Exactly. <laughs> That's fine tuning. It's like was so <laughs> impressive. It's wonderful that you both have the purpose to work with your kids in this way. You have a little bit more time and freedom and energy to work with your kids in this way and create an environment in which you're really deliberately, again, instilling values and purpose with them. I 
I'm just so impressed with that. Well, I, you know, thank you, but I don't get it right every day either. <laughs> it's, it's not about getting it right. It's just like having a path and a plan and, yes. you know, having some thoughts about where you want to take this and what does it look like yeah. for you yeah. and, and feel, and for you feeling like that balance is more there. There's this synergy mm-hmm. that maybe you can get between both of those things. Yes. Yeah. Which is awesome. Yeah. Okay. That's fantastic. As you think about this next chapter, and I know part of this next chapter is about you finding that balance, but when you think about your next chapter, how do you want to describe your brand? And what do you, I mean, regardless of the industry that you're in, Mm -hmm. and again, you're very deliberate with your leadership, what do you want to be known for? Yeah. Well, I mean, this was work that I did with you uh, as a coach, which was so valuable. The big thing for me, you already mentioned is teaching and helping. Um, And so having an avenue to do that, obviously with my children, I'm teaching and helping them a lot, but also, Mm -hmm. you know, as a a financial services representative, I get to teach people about finances, how the financial world works and take a really comprehensive look at their financial situation rather than just, you know, a bank will sell them a loan or a mortgage and another company will sell them life insurance, really taking a look at the whole picture and getting them on a, a path to success as an individual or family. So that's really rewarding. I would say the other thing for my brand is just being authentic. Yeah. Um, and that's with my kids. I'm going to tell it straight sure. <laughs> to them. You know, I'm not going to sugarcoat stuff. I'm not going to let them win when we play Uno like right. my husband does. <laughs> and, oh, I love it. But, you know, still having fun as well. Yeah. Um, So, you know, those are the values that are important to me, no matter what I'm doing. But it's just so nice to have a right fit career wise. Um, And I I, I had that prior as well. I was able to teach and help, but to be able to have it where I can set my own schedule and decide based on how the kids are doing or what we have going on week to week, how many hours I want to work. And, you know, that that just feels more imbalanced to me right now. And I'm able to do a really good job with the families or individuals I work with by having that flexibility. Yeah, you bet. Well, what jumps out at me too, and this just struck me is when you worked at Bright Star and now you are working with people in pretty stressful situations. Because mm-hmm. when you think about Bright Star, it was about, you know, senior care and families needing to make very difficult decisions and stressful decisions and emotional decisions. And now you're working with people who maybe don't have the, all the financial security they need. Maybe they don't have all the education. They don't have the perspective. And money, of course, causes tremendous anxiety and stress. Mm-hmm. So as you think about that element of your career, what do you think is helpful for you? I mean, you do have that educational mindset, but what else helps you to show up in a helpful way? You know, I think just being authentic is a piece of it. You know, like you said, those are not only stressful, but I would say a little bit of taboo kind of topics. Um, People don't really want to talk about what's going on with mom or dad when there's memory loss. Some of the the behaviors or things that are embarrassing to them, yeah. Um, and I, I think it's very similar with finances. You know, yeah. nobody really wants to share with someone else how much debt <laughs> they're in, yeah, for instance. Of course. Um, and you know, but because of that, then they end up just taking on more and more and more debt because yeah. they don't know how to get out of it. So you know, that's yeah. an example where I can help somebody put together a plan to know exactly which debt to pay off yeah. first and how to get out of debt. You know, sometimes a decade sooner if they're you know, have the discipline to follow the plan. So, you know, so I think it's just being a safe person, a good listener um, to speak with, and then being able to maintain confidentiality 
Yeah. You know, it's very important in healthcare and in financial services. So yeah, that's what I would say. Yeah. I love that because when you think about you're right. There's an element of safety, psychological or emotional safety. And with taboo things that you don't want to share with someone, how do you really encourage the trust and rapport so they can share it with you and they can tell you really what's going on? And that's difficult but with both our parents and financially. But I think you said a couple of things, the authenticity that comes through from you, but also that you create safety through your conversations, through your mm -hmm. listening. And it's the opposite of judging people. And right. to me, you are a very non-judgmental person, you know, in yeah. terms of how you're showing up and who you want to be, which creates a tremendous amount of safety for others to be their authentic self. Yeah. I think it, you know, it just also goes back to the background as well, having yeah. grown up on a dairy farm and yeah. you know, not a lot of finances and just, yeah. I, I mean, I, I feel like I can relate to a lot of people because of, of that background and the struggle, you know, watching my parents struggle financially. I mean, I, you talk to any dairy farmer. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a struggle. Absolutely. Um, so, so I think that that's a piece of it that's important too. Yeah, you bet. You've lived through those experiences and you understand it, you empathize with it and you can relate to it in a whole different way. I mm -hmm. think that some people can. So, yeah. and, and the fact that you specifically chose Primerica for that focus on not just the elite, not just the high worth people. It's like, we want to make this financial education and knowledge and investments available to anybody. Sounds like a philosophical fit for you. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, you talk to the average American, they probably have a 401k at their job, but have no idea what it's earning, how yeah. it even works. If they're, you know, are they getting the full match? Yeah. What kind of match does their employer provide? It's just something that people don't put a lot of thought to, and then they miss opportunities because of it. Yeah, absolutely. So, with all of this summary, and you think about making a choice about a career transition, and then transitioning also in a way to immersing yourself more into parenting mode. And I know you're not an advice giver, but if you had to give someone advice for like a career transition and thinking it through, what would you offer to people about that? And then I want to ask about the parenting, same thing. Okay. I would say, I think it's just taking the time to be still and quiet. Yeah. And really listen, because I think a lot of people do have a dream or a goal that they might just dismiss or think isn't possible. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But, you know, maybe do some journaling on it, but really, you know, dig deeper because I didn't know looking back career wise, like I said, I felt like I had a good work life balance. But if you pulled any of those threads, <laughs> it would yeah. all unravel quickly. <laughs> but, you know, most people just don't take time to pull the thread and, and yeah. examine what isn't working. You know, they might feel discontent and then they just blame it on the boss or the weather or. And so I think it's it's just keeping your mind open. There's possibly a better fit and don't just sit with that discontentment and stay in a job that you're miserable. I'm not that I was miserable, but yeah. I think a lot of people are miserable yeah. and then they just stay. Yeah. What <laughs> you did, it required a great deal of courage too, because I can sit and be still, be quiet and listen. And then I hear something I'm afraid of. Like, mm -hmm. am I in the right career? Am I doing right. the right thing? Am I really, really satisfied and happy? Right. And you have to be very courageous when you answer those questions and you say no, or maybe I'm not. Or as you said, maybe there's a dream and I have to go deeper. That requires yeah. a lot of courage to do that. Because yeah. a lot of times people, again, and as you said, then I find the answer and I don't want to go there. I'll figure out how to rationalize it in my head to not change. And you didn't sure. do that, which I think yeah. is awesome. 
What advice would you give to parents, our working parents? Again, you you have a career, you have four girls, a husband, you're taking care of all of all of this. What kind of advice would you offer to parents based on your lessons learned? I would say, I think a lot of parents think that if they love their kids, that uh, all the parenting skills that they need will just come naturally. Mm. And I thought the same. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and what I've found to be true is that there are other people out there that might just have one little nugget or maybe a whole new structure mm-hmm. <laughs> and a thought process. So I guess, again, it comes back to being open yeah. um, and not just settling. I think a lot of people also say, well, you know, that's just kids. Kids are ungrateful. Yeah. Kids are fill in the blank. But if you're, you know, if you're not content with some piece of it, don't give up. Yeah. Um, go out there and look for a course or some articles or a book, audiobooks. If you don't have time to read, that's my sure. secret. Yeah. Um, but just be persistent because I think we have children because we want to enjoy them. Mm-hmm. We want to enjoy those years as a family. And so if something's robbing you of that joy, yeah, don't give up. Keep at it. Keep looking for a solution because there is one out there. Yeah. What also is different about you is you have, you're crystallizing a vision that you have for your family, how you want it to operate, what it feels like, what it looks like so that you can help guide your children to be wonderful human beings. You know, it's not just like, you know, oh yeah, these kids are, as you said, just fill in the blank with whatever Mm -hmm. it is. You're trying to mentor and coach and lead them to be the best version of themselves and show up at a very young age, understanding Mm -hmm. that that's a choice and that you're helping to teach them really good choices. And I don't know, man, I I wish I would have had that 20 years ago (laughs) or even 10 (laughs) or whatever. So uh, this morning we had a huge meltdown over a red dress that wasn't clean. So I mean, really? it, meltdowns abound. Again, just trying to give them space. Yeah. Time to think about the reality is that dress isn't clean. I can get it clean in about two hours. Do you want to yeah. be upset for the next two hours? Yes. Or, <laughs> or, not. or do you want to no. be happy? <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. There's a, there's a choice in that. I was literally just on a, a coaching call earlier today and the gentleman I was working with, he said, you know, I don't. I don't work with people who know how to label their emotions. I don't I don't label my emotions. And he said, I see it in my kids and they can't label theirs. And he's like, I don't want to be that person. I want to learn how to do that so I can teach them. I'll be a better leader from it, but I'll be a better parent. And he said, I could see my daughter kind of struggling to identify any kind of feelings or emotions. And he said, I really want to work on that because mm-hmm. she's kind of of that age too, where that yeah. is so important to how she's going to participate in yeah social activities and in school and, and all the things. So yeah, I, I think that's marvelous. I have, to, I have to remind my husband that that's a win because yeah. one, one of my daughters says on a regular basis, I'm angry, I'm frustrated, and I'm upset. Okay, all three. <laughs> <laughs> it's a trifecta. <laughs> so at least we're, yeah, at least she's labeling and that's a win. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I think so too, because it's kind of like, then there's that process of defining the why and mm-hmm. then figuring out how to resolve the problem. As you said, yeah. like, I'm upset, so let's clean yeah. the dress. And, yeah. you know, so there's a solution there. It's not just yeah. endless stream of negative emotions. That's exactly it's pretty wonderful. Yeah. So here's what I heard in our in our discussion today that as you talk about your life transition, some of the things that you mentioned that you've learned, lessons learned was about patience and persistence, and that those two characteristics have really served you well as you've made these big life shifts. Mm-hmm. 
helpful to know. And also that you're really focusing on showing up as a parent and realizing the connection between parenting and leadership. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think it's so cool that you're doing these little mini training sessions for your girls that you're really teaching them and being really clear on the expectations. So mm-hmm. what a great strategy. Thank you. Well, and you know, I've continued to find your podcast really helpful. Oh, even though I'm not a full-time working individual right now, there's a lot of overlap, like I said. And so I love that you even changed the intro to oh. say that it's not just for, you know, business leaders. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I appreciate you being a loyal listener. <laughs> Still trying to foster that. So thank you. Um, And then the last thing that I I just wanted to emphasize too is when you think about brand, again, I just had another coaching call with someone today about what's her brand. And she's like, I have no idea. (laughs) But uh, you know, for you, the authenticity, the focus on education, the safety that you create, what's so wonderful about it is it doesn't matter what industry you're in. It doesn't matter what company you work for. That's what Wendy is always going to represent that no matter where mm-hmm. you go. You're representing it in your life. You're representing it in, in what you're building. And, and that's impressive to know that there's that consistency for you. Yeah. Well, so. and just knowing that has been a good guidepost as well yeah. through all the changes. It, it's definitely helped yeah. since we first did that exercise. Yeah. Well, and I think it's kind of a, as you said, it's a guidepost. It's an anchor. It allows you the freedom to, as you said, kind of explore around it, knowing that there's an anchor there that is important to me and the things that I want to be and how I want to navigate through life is clear for you. Yes. Again, I want to thank you for taking the time because I know how busy you are. I know how difficult it was to carve out some time to meet with me today. Time and and some quiet. Exactly. Like, where are the children right now, Wendy? (laughs) On on a road trip to Chick-fil-A. Are they? Oh my gosh. That is a beautiful thing. Were there any expectation sets about their performance at Chick-fil-A or not? Nope. This was just dad's turn to help. I love it. It's a free for all. Good luck with dad out there. Well, I do appreciate it. And I'm so glad that we've stayed connected. And I know we will continue to connect. And I want to do anything that I can to support this transition in your life in this new chapter. So just know I'm always here for you. Thank you. 100%. She really inspires me. And speaking of inspiration, I'm coming at you every other week from now on. 